Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. In this episode, I speak to social media expert, entrepreneur and the founder of Greece Media, Tony Cariotis. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me on. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Tony Cariotis. I'm a Greek-American that just loves uh, everything about Greece. I spent most of my summers throughout my life in Greece, and it kind of just gave me the love to travel. But I know I, I get uh, some people that always say, yeah, you say you travel, but going to Greece every year doesn't count. just kind of took that love and some of my personal interest growing up, photography, filmography, and kind of just put it together and created this digital hub for Greece culture, Greece travel, Greece information. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's what we're calling Greece Media. We'll come on to your business. I just want to ask you one question before we do so. Sure. Where did your love, I guess, for travel all start? Where did it all begin for you? I, I think it happened... It wasn't every year growing up going to Greece, but it was about five, six years ago. I had gone to Greece after taking about four years off. And that year wasn't like your typical, my, it wasn't like our, my typical one growing up where I'd go just see the home villages. We, that trip, I, I traveled around, I island hopped and it was eye opening. And it was when I left that year, I was only there for a couple of weeks that year. And, um, when I left, I was like, I need more of this. So each year went on. It, two weeks turned to three weeks. Three weeks turned into two months, and then two months turned into four months. And that's like when I, now my trips to Greece are usually about two to three months long. So tell us about your business. What exactly is the concept behind the business, and how do you help people travel to Greece? Yeah, the Greece media is basically what I'm trying to build is sort of like a digital hub where. If anyone wants to learn more about Greece or learn what it's like to travel Greece, the options in traveling Greece, if you come to our site, you can do things from book day trip experiences. Let's say you want to get on a catamaran sunset tour and sail around Santorini, and they offer that on a daily basis. You can book that on our website. Uh, you can watch films that we've shot, purchase photography, listen to our podcast, uh, all sorts of things. If you're into just following along live streams, we do that where we, during our summer travels, we post that stuff on social media and you can subscribe to get daily feeds and just sort of all things digital when it comes to traveling around Greece. It's a very popular destination. Sometimes mm-hmm. can be overcrowded in certain certain islands. Most definitely. Especially, especially some of the islands. That I, well, I went to one of the islands last summer or last autumn where... Santorini was the place and saying that with the pandemic still sort of raging at the time, it wasn't as busy as it could have been. So I was pretty lucky in terms of what I saw. How do you get people to travel to other parts of Greece um, that isn't as popular or isn't as right. known? I mean, it's difficult, but I think that that 
the percentage is growing. You're starting to see more people posting places that weren't very popular a few years ago. For instance, if you go back three years, not many people knew of a place like Milos, but now it's really become a very, very popular place where if you, they have a famous beach called Sarakiniko. And if you go there in the middle of the summer, it is absolutely packed. But you couldn't say that four or five years ago. So I think just through the power of social media lately, every year it seems like a new destination in Greece gets a little bit more popular. And the more faces see it, the more people get intrigued and want to try it out because, hey, Everyone wants what they can't have, so maybe they do want to go a place that they haven't been before. Has social media made it more easier for people to see these places and they become uh, and it was what I was planning actually, I was gonna to say to you, when I was in Malta before I went to Greece, they had a map and in the map it showed that you can go to these places and they were Instagram spots. Yeah. So I, I guess things like Instagram uh, one, I think social media has helped a lot of these. So there's there's islands that want tourism, and then there's islands that don't want tourism. I'm not supposed to be saying that, but there are some really cool islands that the locals always say, don't post this one on your Instagram because we want it nice and quiet. So, But the ones that do want to get a bit popular or have gotten, so now like the cat's out of the bag, let's just keep it growing, are places like Amilos or Ferlengandros where like I said, five years ago, you didn't know about it. But when you see some of these pictures that circulate around some of the more popular travel pages on social media, and you see it on a daily basis, that's helped these islands get popular. Like a, a Zakynthos Shipwreck Beach, that's one of the most insta Instagrammable places. Or Sarakiniko, as I mentioned, is a very Instagrammable place. Or a place like in Kefalonia, an island called Mirtos Beach, you see colors you've never seen anywhere on the planet. And if it wasn't on social media, just the locals or the diaspora would know about it. You just said something quite interesting. Some of the locals might not want everyone to know about the, about the place due to mm -hmm. the fact that they may not be able to, I guess, handle the tourists mm -hmm. coming in because it could be too much. Sure, for sure. So no, some, over, some place... I was no, say, over, over tourism could be a bit of a problem. So Santorini, for example... I guess when it's in its peak. Definitely. I think a lot of places, the infrastructure wouldn't be able to handle becoming the next Nikonos or Santorini. So I don't, but I don't think that's why they say we don't want the tourism. I think they just enjoy it the way it is, but I'm sure that plays a little bit of a role um, where you, you don't have the big hotels or the massive amount of hotels that a Santorini or Mykonos have where if Santorini got overpopulated. They, could, they still know how to handle it because they have the experience. They've been doing it for, almost i don't know 50 years now uh, and um but yeah i think definitely like an island that has there's small rocks all around the Aegean that people have fallen in love with but you couldn't bring the amount of people that if it got super popular on social media and everyone now wants to go off the famous influencer sees it posts all about it now we're bringing in a massive amount of people they wouldn't be able to handle it talking about social media and you've got one handle, which is called Greece. Now, that's yeah. a very handy handle to have. Because when yeah. I was Googling Greece before I let, before I went, I actually found your handle. And then, I mean, this is how small the world is. So a mutual friend of ours said, oh, you should get in contact with Tony. And I was like, my goodness, that's the guy that I actually looked at his Instagram handle prior to, yeah. to you saying. So how did, I guess, 
how did you grow your handle so quickly? And has that had a major impact on, on the business? Had a major impact on everything um, related to what I do with my Greek uh, influencer work or building Greece media. Where having, I mean, that account I've been building for years now, and I've been, it's, we, post, we post daily. We're always trying to find something unique to post. I, it's a mix of my work and followers' work because we get tagged on that throughout the day. People always tag in Greece. And yeah, we, we use that to build our audience and then present what we want to offer as a service. So it's it's gone hand in hand to help us bring in the eyeballs. And now go check this out. We just launched this on our website. And now we have a, a quick way to get it in front of a, a good amount of people. I want to ask you a question about the influence side because your platform is, is big. Now, when I was in Santorini as well, I saw a few influencers and I asked one of them, what is that you do for a living? She said, oh, I'm an influencer, travel influencer. So what's your take on that side? Because I assume you see yourself as a businessman. Yours is all about business, how to promote Greece. But what's your take on, I guess, people who are in Greece and our influencers, they have a mm-hmm. massive impact on tourism in Greece. So what's your, where uh, would no, you see yourself? Um, no, for sure. I mean, what they're doing is obviously great because they're, they're helping put Greece in the map and other places around the world. Um, part of my work does fall in the influencer category, but I don't like using that word for what I do because it's more of like entrepreneurship, building a business. Um, so when people say, oh, you're an influencer, I always say, I don't know. I don't like to use that word, but I do like to cherry pick some of the things they do. Um, For instance, actually, one thing I haven't brought up yet is I do part of my travels is we promote hotels. And that's one of the main things influencers want to get done first because they want to be able to budget in a trip and advertise a hotel. Uh, So part of my tours would be if I'm going to a place, we'll promote your place as long as my crew gets to stay at your place for that time. So I guess that falls in the influencer category when we post a photo, check out this hotel. I only do it places I genuinely like. So whereas I don't know if influencers are the same way or they're just going to take what they can get. Uh, and no disrespect them, what they do is great. Um, but I don't want to say I'm on the influencer side because what I'm doing, I'm playing that influencer role, but to build my own company. So. I guess there's a little there's a little bit there, but not entirely. Social media has become a massive platform for all businesses to use. So you're going to have to, there's a catch-22. So you've got to be, I, I guess when I asked that question to the, that woman that was there that I saw and they were in like really beautiful dresses and you know, had yeah. their hair done and stuff and went there early. Well, I did an article last year where I spoke about how is it we just talk, we just talk about in terms of how is there a meaning behind it? So if there's no meaning behind your travel, then is it sustainable? So how long can you potentially do that? So I guess That's with your point. with your platform, is it from what I've seen so far? There's a lot of stories to it, and I quite like that. You see, so there's not it's not just meaningless photos no that that makes a lot of sense because yeah for instance if someone is just traveling and just posting pictures everywhere but not taking what they're building and creating something bigger then i don't know you might be right maybe it's not sustainable 
But everything that I do, every time that I post something, there's a, a greater meaning or I'm telling a story. And I'm not saying that they don't tell stories, but telling a story and building an audience to come in and build a trust and then show them all the services that I have built that are related to what I'm doing. Like if I'm going around island hopping, my services will show you how you can do it, how you can book the ticket, how you can book the hotel. Uh, so it's it's influencing for a greater cause within my ecosystem. There must be some challenges that you face competition-wise. Are there other competition or competitors? Uh, for sure. I mean, I mean, there's not a ton, but there there are. There's pages that the government runs, for instance. We're not the government. Uh, but there's uh, the official tourism department of Greece. And then there's a couple other ones that have a pretty big following that do really well. But I mean, I don't look at them as competition. I think we can all help each other because not everyone offers the same service. For instance, the tourism page, all they're trying to do is just get you in front of, get you to come to Greece. They're not doing the services on the website like we are. Um, so while there, it is it may look as oh this one and then there's this one and this one. It seems like the competitive. I, I don't I don't look at it as competition. I just look at it as we're all we're all putting grease in front of everybody, and now each of us may provide a service afterwards. So that service may be different. One of the places I went to was Athens, and Athens was a massive culture shock to me when I when I traveled there mm-hmm. because you can go to like a five star hotel or a three star hotel, but then you step into another street and it's like, well, wherever, wherever I come to. So I guess one question I want to ask you is Greece has had some news in the past where it struggled financially. And when I spoke to locals when I was there last summer, potentially they were saying the businesses could be run down the ground. Potentially it will take years to bring up. Has that put people off going to Greece or is that just something for me, it was fantastic getting to see all that because you get to see a side of Greece that potentially a lot of people who go to islands don't get to see. Sure. Has that put people off or would you encourage people to go see these places Um, and see and talk to people and talk to locals? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's put people off. I mean, I don't, I don't really hear many people saying, Oh, I don't want to go there because of that. I think, I mean, right before the pandemic, our tourism numbers were growing exponentially. I think 2019 was somewhere around 40 million tourists. So I, I don't, I don't think it's pushed people away from coming. Maybe it's pushed people away from staying in like uh, overpopulated city. I mean, Athens is known as the place. If you're coming to Greece to come see the islands, you might stay a couple nights after you land and go check out the cool bar or the cool got, got to go see the Acropolis, go see a few museums and then you're off to the islands and then you're coming back just to go to the airport. I myself, I mean, growing up as a kid, I felt the same way. I'm not going to lie. We'd land in Athens and I couldn't wait to get to wherever we were going. But as I grew up and become an adult, I, I love the Athens part of my tours now because I getting to Athens and it's always busy. All there's the development that's gone on over the last three years of yeah, definitely. restaurants, bars, uh, night scenes, and it's it's very festive and bustling. And I, I I love that part of Athens now. Well, there's a town in Athens called uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. It's spelled P S I R. Is it Siri. is it Siri? Yeah, and it's a place where not many tourists go to so again i had the local knowledge of mm-hmm. us going to and there's yeah. bars there 
clubs there, restaurant, yeah. restaurants there. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like a hidden gem. And for sure. you go there and it's live. I think I went on a Monday night, I think, remember. And it was so lively. And it just yeah. it had a really amazing feel to it. So it's not just, I guess, the historical side of it, which is fantastic, which is what I love to go see it as well. But it had so much more character. And I actually, I love seeing i guess you get to see the like the graffiti art but there's so much i guess graffiti as well that people have because it's changed over time so i sp- again i spoke to someone who was living there 25 years ago to now and i actually quite enjoy seeing a, a city develop and change and evolve as time goes on so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that you're saying that people like yourself used to go to Athens and wanted to go to the next destination, but yeah. it's also important, I think, to to see a, a city like that because I it's given me a bit of a taster of wanting to see more of Greece, and I wouldn't have necessarily have felt as though okay, I want to go see more cities. I'm, I'm happy you mentioned city first because that has become a neighborhood of Greece that I I've fall in love with um it's got some tourism but you, you you're right it's it's busy with the locals the locals are out and about in the city every single night of the week it keeps it lively it's fresh there's always a new place built uh, added every year so it gives you something to look forward to um but going back to like i always growing up as a kid wanted to skip the athens part because i wanted to go to the beach but growing up i didn't think athens had the beaches but and the older you get, you realize, okay, if you just drove 20 minutes south, you, you get to an area called Glifado, which is absolutely beautiful. It's a beach city. And that is, so now when I'm in Athens, it's split between the, the inner city and then I go down to southern Athens and I spent just as much time there. And you have everything that feels like an island there. When would you suggest people traveling to Greece? Would it be the spring, summer as we are going into now or... Is it more better to travel during the winter? What, what's your what's your suggestion um, on that? I mean, it, obviously you can go any time of the year, but obviously um, winter is very special in Greece. Um, yeah, obviously the, the islands are going to be a little more difficult to get to in the winter, just because the weather is not. Yeah, I was going to say, is the uh, the weather the weather's not fantastic? So I assume during that time it just completely quietens down and. Uh, yeah, no, so most on. of the islands, like a lot of the businesses that operate in Mykonos, usually, I would, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think around November, early December is when they'll start shutting the operations down. And then they'll come back in the spring. So a lot of them will move to Athens and mm-hmm. spend the winters there. Uh, for instance, I, I took a tour to Santorini in January of 2020 when I, I went for New Year's to Greece. And then I wanted to go see an island and shoot one of the films that I wanted to shoot, I wanted to shoot in Santorini while it was empty because I just felt like that's something no one's seen before. So it took five days to get from Athens to Santorini because of the weather. Every single day, my boat ticket kept getting canceled. We'd get on the boat and they say, due to the law, we can't, we can't sail. Let's try again tomorrow. We try again tomorrow. The fifth ticket, I get a ticket. I buy the cabin because I knew it was going to be, it was a slow boat. So it was going to take a good eight hours. So I go sleep. It was a late boat. I woke up six hours later. I go to the, and I look out the window and I'm like, why are we still in Athens? <laughs> they didn't tell us to get off. So I go and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, we're leaving in 20 minutes. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ended up sailing 
while we're about a half hour away, the boat was rocking in every possible way. But we got the sensory detail, got to shoot the film I wanted. And a friend on the island was telling me up until the day you came, it was clouds and rain and like wind. And once I got there, the skies cleared. It was five days of blue skies, which was nice, but empty. When I say there was more cats than humans in the popular part of Santorini okay. called Ia, that's how quiet that area gets. The main capital of Santorini was still busy, uh, but Ia, for instance, uh, was absolutely quiet. Maybe three hotels were operating just because there are some people that will go. But it's it's a drastic difference, but it's something you do want to experience if you love travel because it's just different. You were talking about sailing. Are, are there no direct flights then to Santiago? I'm sure there's flights. You uh, there is, is but no? but because of the the weather, I don't even think the flights were going that week. Oh, it wow. Was, so yeah, it, it does a, really, so the operation completely sort of shuts down in that, in that time period. Yeah, I, I, that I, but no, I, think, I think they take it day by day. If they see that day, it's not going to be safe to fly or sail, we're not going to go. And they'll just cancel the ticket and say, try again tomorrow. You're looking at going around about the spring summer time, which is the hotspot time where yeah, I think February is when like the, the bad part of the winter is over. It's not a long winter; it's probably like five weeks long. Um, February, because when I left that trip, right before I left, about two days left, it started getting really nice, and I'm like, ah, oh, now I have to leave. But I'd say February after February, you can go. It's not swimming weather yet, unless you don't mind cold water. I think the swimming probably starts in March, April. All year round is nice. Spring is nice because you're going to get there before all the tourism. So you can go, you can go see a place like Mykonos in May and it's going to be, you're going to be able to get a seat at the most popular coffee shop in the morning to go see the, the beautiful view. Whereas in the summer you go there and they're going to say, good luck finding a seat. What ambition do you have for the business now? So you've grown quite big. What's the next step? What's your next goal with it? The next step is just keep developing new aspects to it. Like, for instance, we're still growing our uh, our booking platform for tours. Uh, we do offer a a great way for a company in Greece that might be related to tourism or for something for, to the to people that are coming to Greece to advertise their company. So, advertising will play a role, but it's going to play an organic role. We're not just going to do traditional go visit this website. We're going to find a way to implement it where maybe it's through our travels where we show you a great way to make life or your tourism easier by using this product. Um, other things, we still have a ton of films that we want to produce, documentaries, our podcast is growing. And yeah, there's there's some other ideas that I'm not going to touch on yet, but there's different, a lot of avenues that we can dive down just depends on how does it relate to travel and will Phil Hellenes find interest in it? You yourself, of course, are based in Greece, but it's only a certain amount of time during the year. I assume you only go for the high season and then when it sort of settles down, you head back to the United States. I head back, but I do, I try to get back. Uh, I try to split my year, basically. I, I will try to do two to three months in the summer and then maybe go for another two months in the winter or early spring. I try to just be back and forth. I guess when you are back and forth, the bookings are still coming in and you're still creating content. You're still, correct. you're not, yeah. you're not taking time off whilst you're yeah, back no, in the U S. You know, so there's still a ton of work. We still have a lot of the photography we need to develop, um, the films and some of the, 
uh, it, yeah, and the rest of the films and some of the other content that we've planning to release at some point soon. When you say release film, are we talking cinematically or are these more for no, your, the, the, your platform? These are strictly, you can watch them on greasemedia.com. Um, for instance, the first one, I, the, this particular film series is one that I created just out of my pure love of photography. Um, it's picture moving photos. So it's standstill views of some of the most popular places in Greece while the place is empty. So that's the, that's the theme of the series of this film uh, series that we've shot for the, the first one we shot that winter in Santorini and we called it Naked Santorini because it's naked of people. There's literally no, no one in the view except amazing views, ambient sounds uh, where you can throw this on a 70 inch TV turn the lights off and feel like you're in Greece and just the sounds and the views. And in the future, we're going to, because we're in media, we will dive down different routes. We may have a, a culture series that comes soon. Uh, it's still in the works. We may release it at some point. We may start working on it at some point, but that's probably two, three years down the road where this, this series will teach you about parts of Greece. If I've never been to Greece, what advice would you give me before I left the United Kingdom? I mean, it all depends. Like, I get this question a lot of what would you recommend doing, but everybody's different. And if you want the popular places, you can end up in Mykonos. But for instance, if you're just traveling there first time, make sure you have something set up for that first day, first three days in Greece where you have your accommodations set up, you've exchanged your currencies, um, depending on where you came from. If you're in the, in the EU, you don't have to worry about that. But for me, coming from the US, that's something that we always got to take care of. Otherwise, or make sure you have a card that doesn't have international fees. Every time you ring out a coffee, you pay $2 for the coffee, then another dollar for the transaction fees. Yeah. You don't want that. Uh, little things like that. Um, and then you can book your tickets for your tours. Like if you're going to get to Mykonos, book that flight or that ferry ahead of time. Because in the summer, there's times where they do overbook. And mm -hmm. um, you want to get that out of the way. I, when I went to Santorini, I booked it I think the night before I left, but I think it was starting to settle down. And I guess I went during a pandemic year yeah. where it wasn't as many tourists. So I probably was very lucky in that sense that I was able um, to do it. I, I've booked a ticket while driving to the port, but it's okay. it all depends on where you're going. There's been times where I went online to the website that I used to book these tickets and it would say none left and i'm like not left like these boats are big i'll go i'll sit on the deck the entire time none left and it's happened once or twice but for the most part you can usually find a ticket the day of but i guess i've just learned don't risk it if you don't need to if you already have your set schedule like you know you're going on the 24th to mykonos four nights and you're definitely leaving on the 27th just i guess just book them or maybe at least book the way there because you might want to stay longer. What does travel mean to you? It's, it's, a, it's a long list. I mean, it means self-development, building self-awareness, learning how to live on your own, um, whether you're traveling with somebody or without. Um, you can learn. Let's say you're traveling with a partner. You can learn if you can live with this person. Um, but learning language, well, yeah, no, I'd say learning languages, uh, making new friends. Can I, I just love, let's say I go to this cool place in PCD 
and you're know, hanging out at, at the bar and you meet the bartender and then you go back the next year and he remembers you like that was yesterday. And I, I just love that part of travel where I've made so many friends that way, where I know when I go to this particular island, I know who I'm calling. I know who I'm doing this, I'm whom that. And I find I, I just love that about traveling because it's the people so welcoming and so friendly and and they especially I mean, I don't have the experience of other places, but in Greece it feels like when you go there, the hospitality is they take you in as your their own. And I that's another reason why I love traveling to Greece. You walk into any coffee shop and the barista talks to you like You've known each other for years, and I love that aspect of travel as well. Exactly what I love about travel, but just literally those moments where mm. it's those the, the little things, not necessarily where you meet someone, as you just said, in a coffee shop, and then if you go back, and then you you're kind of interconnected, aren't you? In that sense, so that just before I let you go, Tony, tell people where they can find everything in terms of your brand, your business, mm-hmm. your social. Well, my name is Tony Cariotis. My social media is. I am Greece um, on Instagram, Twitter. My TikTok is I am Greece with an underscore at the end because I didn't get on there quick enough. Um, my company's Instagram is at Greece, just the word Greece, like you said. And my website is Greece dash media, little hyphen dash, not the word dash, so Greece hyphen media.com. And on there, you can learn about, you'll find everything that we offer bookings, uh, podcasts. Uh, documentaries photography decor and more things to come in the future well tony i really appreciate your time thank you very much for coming on and let's get to greece very soon thank you for having me that's it for take a wonder with shebs don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms until next time bye for now